0: Welcome to the Partners for Better Communities podcast with the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. The work from home revolution is just getting started and causing people to reevaluate where they call home. The year-long Creating Community Vitality series encourages you to think broadly, inclusively and creatively about how your community can welcome an increasingly mobile workforce and inspire them to call your community home. We hope these conversations encourage you to set your community up for success. I'm Katherine Miller, a Capacity Building Program Coordinator with the Department of Housing and Community Development, and today we are here to talk about the Tomorrow Building in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Tomorrow Building is a co-living space in the heart of Chattanooga's Innovation District. The project renovated and adaptively reused a historic 1888 bar and hotel to attract young professionals. The development is designed to foster a sense of community and atmosphere of collaboration among residents. The Tomorrow Building captures the history and heritage of downtown Chattanooga while highlighting the growing business and entrepreneurial opportunities in the city. We are so lucky to have Tiffany Robinson of Lamp Post Properties here with us today. Tiffany has an extensive background in entrepreneurship, strategy, and operations. She currently serves as the CEO of Lamp Post Properties, as well as her roles as founder and active partner at the Jump Fund and board member at the Hamilton County Board of Education School Board District 4. She's played an integral role recruiting and retaining millennial talent to Chattanooga. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. To go ahead and get started, I would like to hear a little bit about um, your story in Chattanooga. You are so invested in the community and really growing those entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, can you talk about how, how you ended up there and, and what it is about Chattanooga that yeah. keeps you there?
1: Yeah, uh, I'd be glad to. I I love our community, and I feel fortunate. I feel so lucky that I've been able to really establish my career and uh, really just uh, have been able to take advantage of so many great opportunities from living in a mid-sized city like Chattanooga, but I didn't always feel that way. Um, when I first moved to Chattanooga, it was right out of college, so I was about 22 years old. I just finished up my degree in advertising and marketing and was actually hoping and planning to move to the West Coast and get a job in San Francisco or LA, some really extravagant you know, city in California. And right as I was graduating, really the Great Recession was just starting. So really before we even knew what the Great Recession would be, I was getting my degree in a in a field that, you know, would soon start eliminating jobs left and right. So, I remember sitting at a bar with a friend of mine in downtown Chattanooga and I remember saying to him, uh, because it was late at night and I was a young person, always looking for a social scene, I remember saying to him, gosh, Chattanooga is just, it, it's just no fun, it's such a drag, like there's nothing to do here, and I remember him looking at me and just saying, if you really just don't like it so much, you should leave. And His words actually bothered me so much that I actually like changed my mind about Chattanooga, if nothing more than to spite him for even insinuating that I should just get out of town because I wasn't happy with the social scene. And, you know, it it wasn't necessarily because of the words that I said or even, you know, because of my presence. But really, that was at the time when really Chattanooga was beginning to take off and become a great place for young people to live, work and play and and really for anyone to live, work and play. And really, from there forward, I got to be a part of um, this great renaissance of our downtown, and have been been lucky enough to really kind of mold my work into shaping the community to what it is today. Um, there are a number of leaders and you know community builders here in our in our great city, and um, it's been great to to be able to work alongside them with creating a wonderful entrepreneurial scene, being a part of the resurgence of our downtown, and just you know now in my work getting to be a part of build uh, you know place based building through commercial real estate. So um, so it's kind of a wild story, but um, but it's been really fun so far.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I can definitely relate to that being from a small town in Virginia. You know, when I was in high school, the only thing I wanted was to go anywhere else. And now, you know, now I love it and yeah. want nothing more than for for Virginia to continue to be a great place um, that other people see how, how great it can yeah. be. Um, but with the place-based development, um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about your role and connection to the Tomorrow Building and kind of what what inspired that? Um, I know that it's the first co-living in the Southeast. And I think if you can touch on, we hear so much about co-working spaces, but yeah. kind of what that differentiation is in, in actual co-living. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, so co-living and co-working are, are not too far apart conceptually, um, except that one place is meant for you to work and the other is meant for you to live. But really, um, the concept of co-living for us was was created out of a need and out of a, a desire to hopefully retain more talent in our community. Um, and so even at the time that we were conceptualizing the Tomorrow Building, we weren't necessarily making the connecting factor between co-working and co-living because co-working was still a fairly new concept to our area and I think in general. I mean, really, co-working launched in Chattanooga. Probably around to 2012, and it it probably wasn't too far out from when you know even WeWork launched. I bet they launched in you know 2010, 2009, maybe. So so I you know I wouldn't say that we were too far behind. Um, so over time, we really started we've really understood the connection between the live and the work and how they how they overlap. And I'd love to tell you a little bit more about how we're pulling that into um, the future of the Tomorrow Building. Um, later in the show but the idea of the tomorrow building uh came from from not too far from the story that i just told you about even my own self wondering if chattanooga could be the right fit for me as i progressed along in my career i started noticing that a number of people my age were finding opportunity to move to either a larger city or just to another city to either find work opportunities um, or, or take advantage of something else that that community had. But a lot of times in my conversation with young people, or and, and again, these are my peers, that were choosing to leave Chattanooga, the story would always come back to, and I just never really felt like I could find a community or a, a group of people to connect to. So it always came back to connection. Well, um, in 2013, I left River City Company, which is our downtown economic development uh, firm, really focused on placemaking. Um, Within downtown, I I left that organization to move over to Lamp Post Group, which is a venture incubator and Lamp Post Group really focuses on investing in startup companies and giving them the back end resources to scale their companies. And I had the opportunity to really focus on on talent recruitment and uh, and running that organization. Well, through that time, we were looking at ways that we could really make an impact on talent recruitment and retention, not only within the portfolio companies that Lamp Post had invested in, but also within our community at large. And really, the Tamar building was really shaped and molded through trying to solve that issue. And so it was taking in the experience of me hearing my peers say, well, I'm leaving Chattanooga because... I feel like I can't quite find my right fit here all the way to, hey, I'm a a startup company founder and I'm having a hard time retaining talent in Chattanooga. And it would always come back to the same issue, which was they never really found a strong peer group or a strong community to be a part of. And so to me, that always linked back to, well, where are they living? Where are they landing when they come to Chattanooga? And what if we could solve this problem at the onset of them coming here to even like try out their career opportunity? And so then that's really where the genesis of the Tomorrow Building was formed. And we were lucky enough to get to really kind of pilot this idea with an apartment building downtown. We actually took a master lease out on 15 units and decided to test run this idea of a fully furnished, um, all-inclusive um lease and rent structure with creating programming and people around them that they would automatically get to know. It kind of created a friend and a community group built into your apartment building. We got the opportunity to pilot this idea before ever making the investment that we made into our property um, that is now the Tamara building. And um so, yeah, so that's that's really where it started. And then in 2014, we uh, were able to um, acquire the old Ross Hotel, which had been an abandoned building in the middle of our downtown and in our now innovation district for decades. And we had the opportunity to restore it and bring it back to life. And that's what it is today.
0: Interesting. That, that's really unique that there was that opportunity to really, you know, try it out on a smaller scale before before moving it and growing it. Um, and yeah. so, when you did make the investment and moved into the Tomorrow Building, did you continue with that same programming, and what what does that look like to really make sure that that community yeah. was fostered? So,
1: so our so our our initial idea of what the Tomorrow Building should be, you know, we were again we were able to test run it. So we made a lot, we learned a lot, and we figured out what worked and what doesn't work. So we figured out like, okay, people absolutely want their own space. So even though it's co-living, all of our units are individual studios or one bedrooms. Um, People are not necessarily living with roommates. Uh, Whereas in a lot of co-living concepts, um, it's that you are moving into an apartment unit that has maybe three or four people living with you. And ours is quite different because we took advantage of kind of the micro unit movement and we created a number of micro units within the building and you have your own individual furnished inclusive space. And then you have a number of large shared common areas like large kitchens where you can, you know, cook on a nightly basis or do a dinner party with your friends or even your, you know, people that are living on your floor. And then your large living room areas where there's game nights and, you know, ping pong and talent shows like happening on a regular basis, karaoke nights, lots of karaoke nights always. Um, And so we really learned like from that pilot program, like, okay, what are the things that people value and what are the things that people need? And so we took what worked and then we implemented it in this larger development. Um, and we're really fortunate to have gotten to do that because most development projects don't have the opportunity to really you know, test out if they're gonna work or not. And um, definitely with micro housing, as well as co-living, it feels like a very big risk to try to take on a new concept of multifamily. So, um, so we certainly learned a lot from the piloting of the program.
0: And and with building that community, was it really focused on building the community within the residents of the building or integrating it, them into the larger Chattanooga community and getting them plugged into yeah. other community organizations?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. And so it's it's really twofold. So we attract people to live at the Tomorrow building as the place for them to land to really get their first start in our community. And it starts with them getting integrated into the Tomorrow building. So we have someone that lives at the building, who's our tenant liaison, and her name is Autumn, and she's lived there now for three years. And every time a new tenant moves into the building, she takes them to coffee and gets to know them um, and know more about their interests and, you know, what are they doing for a career? What's brought them to Chattanooga? And then try to kind of be that navigator as they're living at the Tamara building. And from there, you know, uh, tenants are invited to, and most of them attend, you know, are twice to three times a month events that we have either in the building or outside of the building. A lot of times we'll do like say, um, you know, like a cocktail tasting in one of the kitchens and then the second part of the event is going out to a local bar or to a restaurant nearby. So we try really hard to, you know, focus on integrating people within the building and then also making sure that they're exposed to what's going on outside outside within the community. We try to bring in like the Hunter Art Museum to do um, their, um, they have a a classical music um, uh, series and we typically host those series. We try to bring in outside speakers um, and we try really hard to connect our tenants with what's going on within the Chattanooga community, again, to hopefully keep them within Chattanooga. So, you know, we know that everyone's time in Chattanooga may vary, but ultimately we wanna get you we wanna make it make it to where you, you feel like you picked the right place to live. And then from there, you know exactly where you're gonna go within the community outside of the Tomorrow Building. So you might live with us for three months or you might live with us for two years. But either way, we wanna be your connection point from your move into the city and then beyond.
0: And so, with that, would you say now are you seeing more people coming and living that have a job elsewhere, or is it mainly people that are coming to a job that's based in Chattanooga?
1: Yeah, we do have a we have a lot of remote workers living at the Tamara Building currently. And initially, it was it, it was it wasn't that way initially. It was certainly a lot of people moving to Chattanooga, Chattanooga to take advantage of a job or a, or career opportunity. But of course, over the last few year, or couple of years, we've seen that change. And then now, COVID has really sped that up. Yeah, whenever things started reopening last summer and our leasing, you know, got back to being, you know, uh, just back on like its normal track of fairly active, we, um, we saw a lot of people coming to Chattanooga and saying, yeah, I just threw a dart on a map or I always wanted to try Chattanooga. And so here I am, um, which is really cool because that's why we exist. And, you know, we were told whenever we built the building five years ago, we were told your concept will never work. There's no need for what you're building, and within six months we filled our building. So I mean, it you know it we believed that there was a need, and now I feel like COVID has really shown or created an opportunity for that need to be fulfilled even more.
0: And with that, if you're if you're saying that there was a lot of people, you know, kind of saying that that wasn't a need that existed, and you know, it it wasn't going to be successful. What were some of the challenges along the way? Maybe specifically around it being. A historic building and it being an adaptive reuse project because I know you know especially in the small towns in Virginia there's so many unique and really um, historically important buildings throughout that have just kind of fallen into disrepair or they you know are kind of in an in-between spot and how how to really take advantage of that and, and integrate that into something that can help move the whole entire community forward.
1: Oh yeah. We experienced a number of issues with our property under development. So the building had not been um, occupied in a number of decades. So we, I like to describe the the development process as like a rotten onion. (laughs) Like we thought we had issues on the outside and then like the further and further and further we got in, like the worst it was. I mean, being really transparent and like, I'm always like open with this information. Like we absolutely blew our budget. Like we thought that this project was going to be about a $5 million project. And it turned out to be close to a $10 million project. So, you know, we, um, we had a number of structural issues that truly no one could have like really foreseen ahead of time. There was a point in time where the general contractor called me and said, hey, I just want to let you know, we think that the exterior walls are getting ready to to fall in. And this was after we had already done a significant amount of work on the interior. I mean, we're like building out rooms at this point. So, um, you know, we had a lot of asbestos, um, you know, but basically we we had to come up with creative financing options too, to really make the project viable. So we actually ended up doing a new market tax credit um, transaction in order to make the the uh, the financing of the project make sense because of the issues that occurred. But the building is so unique and it is so gorgeous and beautiful. It is, you know, it. I think that in a traditional development, um, you know, group, it would have, the answer would have been just bulldoze the building. It's not worth, you know, saving it because of the money that's going into it. But the significance of that building and the significance of really just the fact that we're taking something that was a very important element of our community and trying to turn it into something that's meant for social good was very important to us. And then now even our tenants, I mean, the be- the, the compliments that we get on the property and really the the beautiful historic elements that we were able to save um, at the property. I mean, I really think that that's one of the, that's a, that's also like one of the determining factors why people decide to live there because it is just such a beautiful building. So it, it was worth it in the
0: end, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about some of your plans for where the tomorrow building is going to go and how you're looking and moving forward. Um, if you could expand a little bit on, on what yeah, you see the future. Absolutely. The well, we've been really fortunate to,
1: to have a successful concept here in Chattanooga, and we've seen the great returns that a social concept played out through real estate can have on a community. And so we are now looking to take the Tomorrow Building to new mid-sized cities. So we're looking at cities like Huntsville, Alabama, Greenville, South Carolina, Memphis, Tennessee, Louisville, Kentucky, Charlottesville, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, um, because we think that this concept would work really well in those communities. And we've had a number of community leaders over the last five years from from uh, you know cities, cities like I've mentioned, reach out and say, "Hey, we think that this would be a great concept. Would you ever consider doing this again?" And so we've decided, yes, we do want to do this again. We think that this is great work, and it's really important work for our, for mid sized cities throughout the country to thrive. So, um, so we're so that's what we're working on right now, and we've got plans for new you know to open in new markets um, in 2022 and beyond. But um, we are actually also building a satellite location in Chattanooga. In an area called the North Shore, which is on the other side of the river from where the Tamar building currently is, and it's going to be a little different, bit of a different concept. It's going to be the same co-living concept, but attached to thirty thousand square feet of co-working space. So we're also going to try out the whole concept of co-working and co-living. Um, you know, having that synergy and just seeing how it kind of plays out for people that have a need for co-living and co-working from the same space. So, so we're excited for you know really kind of the trends that I feel like COVID has accelerated. Um, you know, it would be really easy to be like, oh, COVID has been just absolutely awful, but there's certainly some silver linings. And for us, it's been that we've seen the uptick for co-living and co-working just really skyrocket. And we're, we think that it's a great tool for communities to use for talent retention and, and talent recruitment.
0: I'm, that list is exciting. I'm currently living in Richmond and have lived in Charlottesville. Oh, really? So both of those, I can definitely see it working, especially in, in Charlottesville. I hear, it, I hear it from people all the time when I was up there that if you're not at the university as a student, but you're still young and you want to take advantage of everything Charlottesville has to offer, how do you find those people and get connected? And it seems like that would absolutely kind of fill that that, that hole of getting, getting in and getting to know what's available and being surrounded by like-minded people that are also looking at it
1: Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, I'm going to have to pick your brain then.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but so I'm, I'm curious in that I know you've done work, my understanding is that you've also done work kind of in the larger innovation district in Chattanooga and mm-hmm. um, kind of how the Tomorrow Building connects to that and what what that entire district kind of looks like and what the, the focus is there.
1: The innovation district was established by Mayor Burke probably in 2015 or, yeah, probably 2015. So Chattanooga has now had an innovation district for, for a handful of years and post Properties, we've really focused on historic rehab and really lasering in on the innovation district footprint. And for us, it's been really focused on how do we create a tenant mix in the buildings that we're owners of that are contributing to the innovation economy? So how do we um, create lease structures that are friendly to startups? How do we create um, space that's friendly to uh, that creates the flexible workspace that either startups or, you know, someone who wants to be in a more collaborative atmosphere would be attracted to. So really in 2015, as we were, you know, in the middle of building the Tamar building, we we bought and restored a number of historic buildings in the Innovation District and have tried to kind of think of it as a large campus. Now, I have to tell you that unfortunately, COVID has disrupted that because of the office space shift and change. But, you know, we're thinking through a lot or we're thinking through like, well, then how does our portfolio change as well, even with um, the shifts that are likely ha- going to continue to happen with office? Um, so that's kind of TBD. Like we're still really thinking through that. But um, really the innovation district to us as a whole is important to our community because it creates uh, this this network amongst companies and people living within the innovation district that hopefully just continues to be a driver and a connector for people to thrive in Chattanooga. Okay.
0: And as you have, you know, done all this work and you know, made all these large investments in, in putting together this infrastructure for this these kind of entrepreneurial opportunities, had there been is it mainly private investment? Is there a lot of public-private partnerships? Um, what is the kind of public support of this type of work?
1: it's primarily been a private investment by Post Properties, but with the Tamar Building specifically, um, uh, the, the Benwood Foundation and River City Company were involved in us acquiring the property. So Benwood actually acquired the property and then gifted it to River City Company, and then we partnered with River City Company as owners of the Tamar Building. So we, we put together a proposal as to what we felt the best, best highest and best use of that property would be and then we left them in as an equity partner, even though we financed and take on the the risk and the burden of the project. So I think that you would consider that a public private partnership for sure. Because one day, if the property is ever sold, they will absolutely benefit from it. And um, because of their involvement, you know, the, there was a, a, a good bit of economic and social good that came out of it. Um, the rest of our prop, our projects though have primarily been private. Um, that was that's our main. Public-private partnership example. Okay,
0: and has there been? We're we're
1: op- very open to public-private partnerships, yeah. <laughs> though. Like love them; think it'd be fun. Um,
0: I'm I am just curious if there is the city supportive of the of this work because um, you know I I assume that there stand to be a lot of benefit for attracting and retaining a lot of talent into the city.
1: I you know I think so. I think that initially this was such a kind of bizarre concept to really wrap for people to people wrap their heads around. I think no one really understood like that this could be a real talent tool. I think we're just now really beginning to prove that it is like, you know, it's like, Oh, we're claiming that it is, but we really can't prove it until it's kind of played out for a few years. But now we've, you know, we have five years of data and we can really point to, well, Hey, like this is how many people decided to live at the tomorrow building because they saw it as a first step into Chattanooga. And then Because of our relationships with those tenants, we're able to say, like, and this is where they moved afterward. And, you know, because of fair housing, we have to be really careful on the demographics or, you know, kind of pointing out who we attract. But I'm really proud that we've done a very good job of having a diverse community of people living at the Tamara building. So, um, you know, I think that that's definitely data that can be pointed to whenever we're talking to someone like the city or the county on whether or not the Tamara building is a tool. Now, even though we, we believe that this tool is really important, like we don't, we have never asked for any type of incentive for it as a tool or intend to ask for any type of incentive. So, you know, I think that, but I think that like plenty of other people living in other communities have seen the obvious, like, you know, benefits of having something like the Tomorrow building in their community. And that's why they've come to us and said, what would it take for you to build this in my community? So, um. So it's kind of funny. Sometimes you're not really, like, the best rock star in your own backyard. You know what I mean? Like, I sometimes I feel like other cities have, like, picked up on the tool and, like, the obvious, like, use of it quicker than even, like, Chattanooga did. But now it's, you know, I feel like now our city administration understands, like, okay, this is what the Tomorrow Building does. But um, it's kind of like you kind of have to prove yourself to even your own, like, family members. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> made, made was so successful that it becomes impossible to ignore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay,
0: awesome. Well, I th- this has been such an interesting conversation. I really, really appreciate it. I think that this is definitely something that, you know, a, a lot of our audience is from small, mid-sized cities around Virginia, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Um, hopefully, someone from Charlottesville will be tuning in um, <laughs> and a lot of opportunities to replicate or at least, you know, be thinking about these things Um there is. And I have a closing question that we try to ask all of the guests. And it's just in one minute or less, what is a place that you are attached to? And how do you show that place some love? Oh, my goodness.
1: Okay. Um I've never thought about this question. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm actually from Tampa, Florida. And oh, actually, I take that back. I'm from Plant City, Florida, which is actually a suburb of Tampa, and most people have never even heard of it. But I always tell people Tampa because it's like, where's Plant City? What is that? And I probably show it love through my devotion to strawberries. It is the strawberry capital of the world. And when I was in high school, I wanted to be the strawberry queen so badly. I mean, it was just like my like childhood dream. And so, you know, I just have so many fond memories of growing up in a small town Um, Plant City and just there are a lot of traditions that you know whenever you're growing up you don't think are important but then as you get older you realize like oh that's pretty cool like those traditions and the things that make that small place unique really make up a lot of who I am today but uh, no doubt I have a pretty like large like love for strawberries. And then the odd part is that my children are all completely allergic to them. So it's just kind of genetic, I don't know, genetics. So, um, but there's certainly like small town traditions that I've, you know, continued throughout my adulthood that, you know, you would only see in Plant City, Florida.
0: So. Okay. That, that is great. I am from Suffolk, which is the peanut capital of the world. And so <laughs> I understand that, that very specific claim to fame that you will just and plus, it's a fun fact to tell everyone. It is a fun fact. It's actually
1: more exciting than saying Tampa. But in my earlier years, I would just, tell, I'd be like, oh, I'm just from Tampa. But now I'm like, you know, I'm from Plant City, Florida. I'm really proud of that.
0: So, okay. Well, that is awesome. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great to get the chance to, to meet you and talk to you. Um, and how can the audience continue to learn more about the work you are doing? Um... Yeah, so the,
1: you can follow or you can go to the Tomorrow Buildings website it's Um, we keep it very up to date um, and if you're ever in Chattanooga we would love for you to come visit. We give tours all the time and also have a couple rooms that we keep available for nightly rentals so um, come visit us uh, or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook um, at Tomorrow Building and um, yeah, or you're welcome to reach out to me Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-I-E at lamppost.com dot properties so the no.com it's a lamp post two words dot properties
0: okay, awesome. all right well thank you so much thank you so much for the virginia department of housing and community development i'm katherine miller don't forget to check out the virginia main street blog at the end of the month for more ideas on how to put this into action in your community and tune in next month as we dive into services and infrastructure with becca richardson